Beer is awesome, but sometimes the world of beer can be intimidating. As a team of four women with diverse points of view, from our cultures to our roles in the industry, we're here to share with you the real faces behind the bubbly, crispy drink we all love and, yes, really, all drink. Happy Pod Day. Happy Pod Day. Happy Pod Day. I am so excited for these days because I don't get to see you guys as much anymore. So it's really cool to just be in this space with you guys. And I just, well, my mom left like a little bit ago. She just flew back. She's currently in the air right now, flying back to LA. We spent 15 days together. I loved it. It was amazing. When I was telling people about it, people who I didn't know, just like at the coffee shop or something, my mom's going to be out here. That's great. How long is she going to be out here for? 15 days. 15 days. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's yeah. just. <laughs> I always think that um, having your mom around is a bummer, but what if your mom is your best friend? Yeah, my mom's like really yeah. cool. And I'm like, no, she's going to cook all my favorite meals and we're going to go on walks and she's going to braid my hair and stuff. And mm. she's just, she just knows what to do. And they respond like, oh, well, you know, my mom is always like, well, why don't you do this? And you gained some weight here. And like, maybe you should just eat or you're just too skinny. I'm like, Good oh, Lord. but this, it wasn't just one person. It would be several people throughout like my week. Up so like, you learned a lot about other people's relationships with their moms. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but it was a really good visit and, and it was great just having her at, like at my apartment and just having the, her there in the morning and the evening and the afternoon. It was just great. Speaking of moms, today's my mom's birthday. Oh, <laughs> happy mom. birthday, mom. Happy She's birthday, never going to listen to this. <laughs> happy birthday, mom. <laughs> well, we'll drink. Let's. Uh, well, she's a Scorpio. We'll drink to your mom. She is a Scorpio. <laughs> Man, is she, yeah, does it, does, it, does it manifest? What? Is she? I don't know. Is she fiery? Is she passionate? I mean, I talk she's about Dominican. my mom a lot in therapy. So. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Latina moms, like, we're all about being passionate. Yeah. By we, yeah. I mean they. I am not yeah. a mom. Yeah. Because I said we. Well, that's the mom <laughs> bit. <laughs> <laughs> what are we What are we drinking right now? What are we What are we sipping on, Sydney? What are you doing? What are you drinking? Um, I've got something from Grimm's. Um, it's a crispy IPA. Mm. It's very citrusy. And it is truly very crispy, which I like. It's kind of different than any IPA I've had in a long time, which are usually like, Dank, <laughs> like heavy. <laughs> Shout out to Grim. <laughs> I love Grim. <laughs> I love it. Some nice folks. Andrea, what are you? What are you sipping on? I'm sipping on Hens. Hense. Hans. Uh, Hansa. 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 Keller Hansa. beer by Breeze's favorite. Schilling. Mm, Wait, but I did not bring the beer this time. But I that, didn't. Yeah, I just no, want to make sure that I drink other beer. Yeah. But that is my favorite beer. Yeah, that's what I'm having. Really nice. Really nice. Nice and light, crispy, drinkable, basically like water, which is my favorite. Crushable. Crushable. Yeah. Way to go, Schilling. Way to go. I took this beer from, I didn't take it. I asked if I could have it uh, from. <laughs> I took it. There was no stealing here uh, from this awesome bar, Gold Star. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's amazing. But great they have bar. really awesome beer there and a great can selection. So this was the last can of it, and I've never tried this beer before. It's from Goodward Brewing and Public House. So I've never heard of this brewery before. I Should I know about from... them? Wait. Mm. No, Are say they from it. Chicago? I don't. Duluth, Georgia? <laughs> nope. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. It says here Duluth, Georgia. Yeah, definitely not, not Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> 
Duluth. I wonder if that's where the, uh, what is it, like, industry clothing. Uh, oh. You know, the workwear store. I wonder if that's where oh. that's Oh. Duluth. Maybe, yeah. So it's Sh- shout it, out what? to Duluth. <laughs> what? You Wait, what? You don't know what I'm talking about? Duluth. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it on the uh, the oh Instagram. Post. Clearly, did not have contractors for fathers, and it showed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this beer is really good, though. It's a dark lager. It's called Scorch the Earth. It's a Schwartz beer. Five percent. It's, love short it's very delicious. Yeah. Um, the reason why I said it's the last can was because it didn't last long. Like it just it sold out within within a weekend it's it went by really quickly so when i saw it was the last can i asked if i could take it they said totally fine and i am so happy i was taking that wouldn't even ask well i just i don't know (laughs) who's looking and i feel all weird so i always have to (laughs) ask and see if it's okay but yeah it's a really really good beer so i'm really glad that i took it so that's what i'm drinking ayana um i'm drinking athletic brewing company what is this called free wave hazy ipa it's an NA beer. It's really good. Yeah, I do love it. Straight out of Connecticut. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. I just have to keep saying that. <laughs> yeah. Fastest growing brewery in the US, and they make non alcoholic beer. That's yeah. Their marketing beer, is yeah. banana. Is that irony, or is that, an, is that an oxymoron? What is that? It's just. What? what? That they're the fastest growing brewery that doesn't make alcoholic beer? Yeah. 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 Beer. Well, it's like them being a. Brewery, yeah, oxymoronic, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're still brewing. That's, That's true. true. That's true. Yeah. Their brewing is just like, what is it? Yeah, yeah. let's get into semantics. What is yeah. brewing? What is beer? beer? What is beer? <laughs> Do you it's even water. drink beer? Oh, <gasps> what is beer? <laughs> DJ, drop that beat. Let's go. <laughs> Zara, <laughs> hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Zara from Back Home Beer is a big deal out here in the East Coast. I've heard so much about you before I met you, and I'm so excited to have you here now. I've been, we've actually, we've gone out to drinks, to have drinks in the past. We've uh, texted aggressively at each other, all, like with, you know, it's passionate text messages of, yeah. of ambition with beer and everything that we're doing. Um, you were always a delight to hang out with in the past from whenever we would meet from time to time and like seeing you like seeing you in the distance or in a crowd. It's like also really excited to see you then. You can edit this part out. I'm like blanking so hard. Um, so Zara, when you and I first met, it was at a beer festival. It was at the what's it called? The um, I always ruin this. It's Green not city. No, no, no. Okay. Blocktoberfest. Blocktoberfest. Bash. Yeah. Uh, no, it was what? opening bash. I think it was opening, opening bash. bash. It was yeah. opening bash when I met you. My cousin was in town. He was visiting, and I wanted to take him to a New York fest, a New York beer festival. He's never been, and even before there, even before heading there, I was already hearing about you from 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 coworkers and just people outside of the industry, you need to meet her. She's in your backyard uh, out there in New York. Like you need to somehow get in contact with her. So when I saw your booth and I saw <laughs> the first thing that I saw was your long hair. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm always really, I'm always really intimidated when I meet women in the industry who hold such awesome positions like owners or CEOs, CFOs, Managers, extremely influential woman, just in general. 
And I, I feel like it's always intimidating for me because it's always like, I don't know if she's going to like me. And I, I feel like it's a very big like high school mentality. Wow. Yeah. Because I did go to an all girls high school and it was like that for me in the beginning. So it's always like this hesitation. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get along. I don't know if I'm going to say something stupid right away. But you were just extremely warm and so inviting when we first met. And and I loved that interaction with you. And then from there, we switched numbers. We hit each other up and we were hanging out more, which I've, I always appreciate not only the input, but also the advice, the feedback. And when we were discussing who else we should bring on here, who else we should interview, I got to be honest, Sydney was the one that jumped in immediately. And she's like, we need to bring in Zara from Back Home Beer. Thank because you. she was already excited to meet you when, was it like a few months ago? No. When was it? May? Um, I think it was May. in May. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for, for being here with us and doing, and doing this episode, what, episode three, four? Five. Episode five. Five, yeah. It's crazy. You guys. Nuts. I know. Bananas. Yeah. Little crazy town. So let's start off with, I don't want to ask the first question because I feel like I already asked you so many questions in the past. So I don't know, Sydney, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, well, I guess like for listeners who don't know what you do, can you tell us like where Back Home Beer came from, where sure. what your deal is? Yeah, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> Who basically. Is well, um, I'm a girl's girl. So when you came up to me, Breeze, I was really excited. So just to have like another person that I was just like, okay, she's kind of my per like immediately I was like, she's my person here. Everyone else seems very like not my people. It was my I think might have been my first beer festival oh, with opening that. bash. Yeah. So I felt like very out of my element. You know, I didn't work in the industry, so I didn't know anybody. Um, so I was happy when you came over. Um, but I started my company back home beer in October, 2021. So it's been like 24, 25 months now. Um, and I brew beer that is heavily like inspired and influenced by the flavors of the Middle East. My family's from Iran. They emigrated here from Iran and my grandfather used to brew beer in Iran. Um, and so I started a couple years ago homebrewing and my grandmother had made a passing comment like that she missed my grandfather's beer. And I was like, well, how hard can it be? And I took a couple classes at Bitter and Esther's and watched a lot of YouTube and just started brewing beer at home. And that's kind of how it started. And then um, during the pandemic, I was homeschooling my son, which was like terrible and like awful. And my life was upside down. And it was kind of like, what am I doing? I was writing before that and I wanted to, I've studied business in school and I was like, I really think that I can do this. Like maybe people, when I was in the beer clubs and even just letting people try the beer, they really enjoyed it. And so I'm like, maybe there's something here and maybe I could bring it to market and see what happens. So during COVID, I are like right kind of before I had the idea to maybe do it professionally and then started to get that going and then launched in October of 2021 <laughs> which was not the best time to launch a beer how was company. that how was like opening up and after um, or during 
pandemic and yeah going into something that's new for you you said you didn't work in beer before so how no, was that, how was that like yeah <clears throat> it was I felt like I was a little bit on an island because I didn't know anybody and I hadn't worked in the industry and I didn't know how to brew beer on a big system like I was doing it on my stove you know mm-hmm. so um definitely I was intimidated by a lot of people in the industry and I figured a lot out as I was going on so I feel like it's definitely doable but you just kind of have to be willing to adjust and make changes which I've had to do for the last two years consistently um but during you know opening uh, starting a business during the pandemic is tricky when you're trying to sell to restaurants who are like drowning during that time and beer shops and things like that. So it was tough, but I think that initially um, it was a lot of people that were just consumers that were going to beer shops and were really excited about what I was doing. And so that was kind of how I entered it. And then from there is when once the restaurants and bars were starting to come back to life is when I was able to sell more um, on to them so it really started out with like the community of people who were just really excited about what I was doing I think one of the advantages one of the many advantages that you had throughout the start of your company not being a brewer right not not having not having 10 15 20 years of experience under your belt I I think and correct me or or speak more of it, uh, speak more about it. I think you having a a business degree really <laughs> gave you a massive leg up on at least the beginning stages of of starting a business in this industry because not all, but I know like some brewers who really started from the beginning. They did not go to business school. They know yeah. how to brew beer. They yeah. know how to market it. They know how to network and create relationships, but in terms of, okay, L, what's an LLC? Right. How do I do it in New York? Um, what is an EIN? And you already came with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what's what's great about you s- just being a home brewer and starting there, like not having any brewing experiences, you can always just learn that, right? right? You can, from the YouTubes and everything that you were watching or just getting to know people and learning from them as well. Like it's just, you can learn that along the way. Can you tell for for like those who are either in your position who would like to do the same thing Mm -hmm. or even for like brewers who don't know much about business or even how to do that how did you go about it and how how convenient or how helpful was it for you to have that degree to start something like this in the industry it was helpful but also it was like 20 years removed from that degree you know I started this at almost 40 so I you know it was like a long time ago so I I had stuff in the back of my mind, but also not really. (laughs) A lot has changed. Yeah, a lot has changed. And so I did have a basis, I guess, for that. But I think that I don't think you I don't think you need that. I think that you just really want you have to have the drive to do it and the passion to do it. And you want to be able to, like, tell your story. I think that actually I was writing before back home beer, uh, freelance, and then even before that, like television news writing. And I think that that actually helped me a lot more than studying business and going to school for business. I think that 
I was able to get the story out there and like the mission out there and that was really important to me. And so that actually helped me more than I think anything I learned going to business school. So um, I feel like that was that was really what I wanted to do is educate the consumer about alcohol in the Middle East, the connection that's there, the connection that's been lost because of what, you know, the region has turned into somewhat. So for me, it was all about the storytelling and I had that kind of in work experience. Um, before we get into the narrative, there's also, you had to do a lot of like shopping for contract brewing, right? Yes. Which is like a big part of how someone could scale up like what you did. Yeah. Can you talk about what it was like to like pitch your product and like try to get a large scale brewing going. For yeah, brewing. that was. Ooh, and can you also, I'm sorry for interrupting. Can you also break down contract brewing for those who are new to this? Concept? Sure. Yeah. So contract brewing is basically a more financially viable way to enter the market because you don't have to purchase any equipment. It's just what you go to a brewery, you ask them if they have tank space for you, you brew the beer there, they package it and that's how it works. So it's pretty cost effective way to, to get your brand out there. Um, so, you know, you can imagine I'm just cold calling people, emailing. I don't have any connection to anybody in New York City and just asking if they have space for me. And people were really confused about what I was trying to do, what some of these ingredients were. Um, there were, you know, then I had people who were like, oh, you should reach out to these people. And then when I did, they were like, oh, well, you'd have to give us a piece of your business in order to do that. And I'm like, what? No, well, that's so. not what I heard from like these two people who told me to contact you. So it was like weird things like that too, where I don't know if it was because I was green or if I was like a woman or what the situation was where I felt like people were also maybe trying to take advantage a little bit. Um, but ultimately I landed at flagship brewery in Staten Island, which I love those guys there. Now they're, you know, like my buddies and I feel like that's the right home for me for now at least. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That probably actually like, does have to do with your the story that you were telling with your beer too right because that's like how you would get people interested in what you were doing like yeah. were they was that like were they interested in the ingredients and the story and like helping you tell it or were they just like they were just kind of like flagship guys they were just kind of like come do your thing like you know yeah, what I, I mean yeah they were yeah. just like we we see your vision this sounds good like let's see what happens you know yeah. what I mean they didn't really they just kind of trusted what I was trying to do which was awesome and I didn't think I would end up in Staten Island <laughs> no one um, thinks you're gonna end up in Staten <laughs> Island baby yeah, yeah. Um, it was like the last place I was really looking to Literally. go but yes yes but I kind of love it now I'm there all the time and um I, I love those guys and they've really helped me to get to where I am today by giving me a home and supporting me and working with me. So yeah. yeah do they like help with the create? Cause you're making new stuff since you started, right? Yeah. You so I still do that at home. Um, but they, I have somebody who will like help me to scale it. Mm -hmm. So will you what still do like test batches yes. like at home of everything? Yeah. Yeah, wow, exactly. So How do you cool. even have time? <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah, I also have somebody who helps me with that. Okay, so, good. and he he will will like bring all the ingredients together. We'll 
do hot steep, cold steep, different beers, like tinker with all kinds. That's the fun part for me. I mean, I grew up in a family where like we just love to eat food and by culture is like all about eating and drinking. And so it was my mom. She had three sisters, my grandma. We all lived in the same neighborhood. And so everything revolved around food. So that was this is the fun part is the recipe building. But like in my kitchen mm-hmm. it, at the brewery, it's still incredibly intimidating and I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm st- so I'm still learning on that on that part. Yeah, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. OK, uh, you said that your mother said that she misses your grandfather's beard. My grandmother said your it. grandmother said her? that. Yeah. Can you tell me or tell us what your grandfather's beer was like and if what you're making now is an homage to what he makes and what he made and the ingredients that you use because Sydney mentioned that you use a different ingredients so can you talk like let's get into the beer let's talk about the product yeah let's talk about the product now (laughs) I mean I would say the closest thing to grandpa's beer is my Persian blue that's the lager um that one is based on like flavor memory of my family so yeah we were brewing it a few times at home and try to get like feedback you know my grandma being like no this is Mm -mm. not gonna work I love that I love that she vetted it yeah Yeah. they oh they sure did they definitely did so they gave a lot of feedback they still do uh, you know for for different recipes um they have a lot to say so um they yeah they gave I was I did like five or six different iterations on that recipe until we got to the one that they were like this is it and it's called Persian blue because I use a blue salt that comes from Semnan, Iran, which mm-hmm. technically is illegal because of the sanctions. Um, but you know, we won't tell. Just no. don't. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell. Don't put us online. Yeah. So just keep this between you and I. But um, yeah. So um, I I use salt from Iran, where he was a brewer. And a lot of people in the Middle East, and actually, like, in Mexico, like, in, in a lot of countries, they'll put a pinch of salt in their beer before they drink it. And I remember asking my dad, like, why he did that. And he'd just be like, well, it just tastes better. I don't know what to tell you, you know. Yeah, but yeah it's like food. Exactly. Add a little salt. Yeah. Bring out the flavor. Exactly. So now it's just kind of, that's how I explain it. I'm like, it's like food or a cocktail it just kind of pulls flavors from the other things that are in the beer. And, like, the lager has a bit of sweetness to it. And I feel like it's because it's kind of pulling that from the grain a little bit. Um, so that's that's the lager that's the closest to his the my grandfather's recipe and then there are a lot that I just use ingredients that were in our food so sumac and sour cherries and dried black limes things that I'm familiar with that were like in my kitchen and my family's kitchen cooking so and that's how I incorporate it into the beer and I and I try to keep true to not just the recipe, but also like the labels and who telling the story of the of the beer through the artwork and also the recipe that's inside. So it's kind of the whole thing is what I try to do. That's awesome. Thank you. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, the artwork is really beautiful. Um, people should look it up, but maybe we can put it on Instagram too. But yeah, like, that's yeah. what caught my eye. I found, I just found your beer at Covenhoven in Brooklyn and found your can of the um, New Day IPA oh, yes. with the, like, it's this, just like a really beautiful drawing, like cartoonish drawing of a woman with like long flowing hair. And I was like, that. And I took a pic, I was taking pictures of like beer that was really cool. I like have a picture from when I first found it, but that was when I like started following you. And that was before I worked in beer. I oh, just wow. was like, this woman is doing something really, really cool. And it just, like, caught my attention. I think it's, like, 
that little those little things that just like in a world of just like just cans that look like they were made for dudes right <laughs> and bros uh, yeah dude. like which is fine <laughs> because dudes and bros like also deserve their uh, cans but like it was it's yeah. cool to see like art on a can and be like that is something that I haven't seen before and then the ingredients were like things I hadn't seen before right and I think that's what's so appealing about what you're doing and like the beer would be good either way but you're doing something really cool and that's why I like got so interested in what you're doing there's so much intention in your labels where there's there are labels that that we've all seen where it just looks like a cut and paste. Yeah. Or something that was done. You know, like, you guys know that it would be like on Windows. Microsoft mm. Paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or literally AI these days. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet that I'm sure that people have been doing AI generated labels. Yeah. By oh, now. For 100%. sure. Yeah. For sure. We haven't found sure. it yet, but it's, we'll find it. <laughs> it's, it's out there, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it was important. That was an important part because I feel like you're also you're not just tasting the beer through like your taste like you, you know you you taste it through your eyes and through all the senses so that was important to me too to kind of show that on the label and all the la- labels are designed by Iranian women um some in Iran and some here in the states and so i think it's cool to give them especially the ones in Iran a platform to be creative when they don't always have one and so that was important for me, too, to, is to allow them to have that outlet and do it on beer, which was really cool, and tell a story that way. Yeah, I feel like this is where your writing background, like, especially stands out, where, like, something that's so strong about the back home beer, like, branding is that it isn't just branding, it is very much storytelling, and, like, you are telling a story that, like, starts with your family and, you know, where your family is from, and, you know, then that gets filtered into a recipe, which then as the product, like, you know, the label also is telling the story and then you giving this, you know, only using, you know, Iranian female artists and, you know, allowing some people another platform to tell their own stories in that way. I don't know, it just all, it feels very like symbiotic. For sure, yeah. I mean, I mean, a big part of the reason I wanted to do this too was to tell the story and be like, we kind of invented beer um, and it's <laughs> basically our history has been erased, you know, and, and that just really pissed me off because I learned a lot too when I was going through this process. Like I didn't realize how far back fermentation went in the region because of what we see now in, in, um, in Iran and a lot of the other countries in the region is basically just oppression and it wasn't always like that. And so I'm trying to remind people that there are th- thousands of years of really rich history there. And please don't forget about that. And so that's what I was trying to tell through the, the labels, through my family stories, through the beer itself and, and everything. Um, and hopefully we'll get to the point where Iran can make beer again. I think it can happen. It's only been about 40 years where it was outlawed. Um, and that's that's the dream is like make make the beer in Iran. That would be amazing, you know, or be able to take the business there. So but for now, at least educating people about the history of alcohol in the region and p- 
when people say, oh, it's a Muslim beer, Muslims don't drink, and kind of telling them why that is such a stupid and ignorant comment. Mm-hmm. So um, that, yeah, that that's a big part of it, like you said, is storytelling for sure. Yeah, that was one of the things that um, I wanted to ask about was like, when I saw you in May, we talked about this, but the uh, there was like a pretty big profile on you in a like newspaper and Mm -hmm. the comments were just like really nasty like Mm -hmm. people were just like overtly racist and were saying really like pretty upsetting things about who you are but also just like why a Muslim person would be making beer but you like created this really long not really long, but like really in-depth Instagram post Mm -hmm. in response to the comments that like I read and I learned so much in like such a condensed amount of text that I was like, this is also what you're trying to do, which is what you were just saying, which is like so many misconceptions about the area that like I, as just like a white person who has never learned about it just Mm -hmm. like suddenly learned a lot and got really interested and tried to learn more and it was like I wouldn't have known to do that if you weren't doing this work um but yeah I also imagine that it's and please talk more about like how it actually feels to have that like not just with articles and nasty comments but also like the activism that you've been doing in terms of female liberation in Iran and all the protests that were happening and you have an organization and just kind of the risks that you take when you decide to be vocal about those things Mm -hmm. publicly and also when you're building a brand and people may or may not understand what you're doing yeah the risks that you have to take on for sure I mean I can't go back to Iran now after you know, I used to go, um, I've been a couple times, and I still have family there. But at this point, there's been a revolution happening for the past year, and I've been very much up front. And, like, we created an organization called Woman Life Freedom NYC, and we were out there and protesting and, and doing all of those things. And at this point, I've they have video and pictures of me. So, But I felt like it was worth it. I mean, there. I think that the only way that, I'll be able to go back and a lot of people will be able to go back is once the country is actually free um, from this regime. So that for me, I can't go back. If I did, it would be very risky for that reason. And also because I work in alcohol and alcohol is outlawed in Iran um, as of 45 years ago. Um, but what, what, the, what I get comment wise is like well Muslims don't drink and this and that I'm like my family all drank growing up like we had big weddings and parties and a lot of fun and we were drinking Muslim the people in Iran don't drink because they're not allowed to drink but they're making they're making beer and they're making wine they're doing all those things in their apartments um but that's you know so for me it's just kind of like trying to get that information out there was important yeah, and this, like, misconception that, like, Muslims don't drink is also, like, this idea that it's a monolith, mm-hmm. that, like, all Muslims are the same, right. all Iranians are Muslim. Right, All yes. Iranians so who are Muslim adhere to these, like, you know, rules set by a regime. Yes. That, like, 
it's yeah it's really easy for people to look away and be like that I get that like I understand what's happening and this doesn't make sense and yeah. you're like you you don't understand and also <laughs> not realizing that in the, before 79 there were breweries and distilleries and vineyards throughout the country so that were just kind of burned down and condemned after this regime took over but when my family lived there they were drinking mm-hmm. so it's very different how they grew up and what is going on now so it doesn't even really feel like home when they say Iran it's like this foreign land that they don't recognize anymore um, for your family what for your family the yeah family for family? my family because when they lived there it was a free country you know they were drinking mm-hmm. and they were you know they were able to do everything um, so since the revolution was like 79 80 they all came here during that time and so when we would go back it was like a foreign land to us you had to be covered mm-hmm. and they had all these rules and Sharia law and it was crazy um, but again, it wasn't always like that, right? Mm-hmm. It was, we have so much, such a rich history there. Beer brewing dates back to like Mesopotamia, the Sumerians, that's all now modern day Iran and Iraq, right? So, um, just trying to get people to understand that. And I think they actually are because the article that you're referring to is maybe like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of ugly comments, uh, about kind of like Muslims and drinking and, haram and like oh the beer tastes like falafel which yeah, like that if, was that was yeah. the one that i was like Whoa. oh well yeah which huh. yeah i you know <laughs> it's like you can find the humor in that a little bit but like between me and my family not funny i you know i mean <laughs> listen in our family text we're like okay that's kind of hilarious but also like um you know when you see who it's coming from you're just kind of like oh that's gross um but <laughs> now cut to like a couple months ago, I had another profile and it was on YouTube. And basically people were saying the same thing. And then so many people were responding to those people. So you don't have to be the one. Yeah. And they were just like, well, actually, like if you look back in the history, they invented beer. And I was like, oh my God, like something's happening here. You have an army. Yeah. It was, it was actually pretty amazing. So it was a stark contrast between what happened a year and a half ago and what happened just a couple of months ago, which was really cool to see. That's great. And I was like, it's working. <laughs> it's working. They yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's because the industry itself is diversifying slowly but surely? Yeah. Sort of the consumerism? I think that's definitely helping. I think they're realizing that the people who are drinking the beer should also be making the beer, right? So I think there's a big shift in that, and I and I think that's all good stuff happening. Do you think um, since you started this, you know, almost two years ago or two years ago, like you've you were kind of filling a void in the industry? Mm-hmm. Has it? Have you found other people who are like you since you started? Yeah, I mean, I think that. People, I think that the industry certainly needed a bit of like color added to it and Mm -hmm. it needed to diversify a bit. And I think that a lot of, a lot of people who should be making beer are now trying to do that. And I think it's a very good thing and I love to see it and not even just beer, but like a couple of Middle Eastern bars opening um, in DC and like here. And I think that's really cool. I think that it's sh- those things should, it should have happened a long time ago, but I'm just happy that it's happening now at least. Mm-hmm. So those comments were extremely harsh, right? On that profile and how people were responding. 
how did you just how did you handle that internally uh, yeah. you responded beautifully but initially how did you handle that response be like behind the scenes right I mean I had already been getting dms and messages on social media because of what I was doing so it wasn't necessarily new it was just kind of more in a public way because it was just there and then they ended up having to like turn off the comments um so I think that for me, I was just kind of like, well, this is an opportunity to change people's minds and educate people. And like, that's where the idea came from to like, just post those comments mm -hmm. and then address them and say, this is why these comments are ignorant. And let me tell you the reasons. And so that's the, the post that you're referring to. I just found like it was an opportunity to change people's minds and see how, um, some people perceive what I'm doing so I try to make the best of it I mean listen it's happened in person too I had I had a a sale in Queens that I went to and I get there and I'm and this is a guy who actually told me to come in he's like can you come in I'd love to buy your beer I'm like sure great so I go there and I'm telling him the story he's like oh so your grandfather you know he just put out some clay pots and collected water to make beer what like fuck? he was saying the cr the most racist craziest shit to my face and let me tell you my son was in my car in the car like it was a sunday i'm like are you kidding me i drove all the way out here it was it was wild it was wild send so, me the address just and just text me <laughs> the address <laughs> you don't have I'll to say tell. it here just oh, no. <laughs> text me the address um but i'm like you know what that guy is gonna bury himself one day like mm -hmm. i don't even need to do it for him so um it it, it was already happening so basically just got to take those comments and try to change people's minds and people who are open to it. And I think that people have more, a lot more people have been supportive in what I'm doing. So I'm not worried about the few people in between yeah. that don't understand. Speaking of support, you just met your crowdfunding goal. I did. Oh, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. Oh what does the God. back home beer brewery look like? What are we doing? What's Friday night looking like? Oh What's the decorations gosh. looking like? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's it. How many barrels are brewing? How many, what's going on? Oh, I'm really excited. I mean, I was way in over my head with that crowdfunding thing. First of all, I didn't realize that you're supposed to, which now I'm like, anybody who wants to do crowdfunding, please just come talk to me because I have so much to tell you about what not to do. The day before the Kickstarter went live, I was just like, oh, we have this Kickstarter coming tomorrow. I didn't realize you're supposed to be promoting it for like weeks ahead of time to like collect people's mm -hmm. emails and like mm -hmm. have people sign up. And just the day before I'm like, hey, this is happening tomorrow. So I feel like the entire month I was playing catch up because I didn't do any kind of like pre kind of build up to it. Oh. So just word of advice if you do crowdfunding. Um, but yeah, we met our goal, which was amazing. And I'm going to take those funds. I'm going to secure a space here in Brooklyn. I'm looking Love. with like two different agents. I'm also like walking the streets of like Brooklyn, trying to just go in to warehouses and industrial spots. That's the and way to like, do New York yeah, Any place you see you a for rent yeah. sign. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even without a for rent sign. Mm. I'll just go in there. I'll just be like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> you, you know, like, business? Yeah. <laughs> money? I got money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing now is just trying to find a space to open 
um, like a Middle Eastern inspired brewery, just beautiful tiles and amazing food and um, just give people an experience and an understanding of what our culture really means. And that is from the aesthetic to the food, to the beer, and to the hospitality. Like Iranian people, we are very hospitable people. We love to host and we like to pe make people feel like they're at home. And that is my whole idea is like, I want, I don't care like where you come from, what you look like, what you're wearing. Like, I don't care about any of that. Like, I want you to come and I'm gonna feed you and we give you a drink and like, <laughs> I'm gonna make you feel good. And that's really what I wanna do. Yeah, that's, so I want it to feel like, back home <laughs> like I wanted to feel like home it's like you're it's you feel at home when you're there that's that's important for me is it gonna be a brewery or a tap room and you're still gonna be a flagship no it'll be a brewery Whoa. yeah it'll be a brewery Whoa. um I can't you know it's really tough when you're contracting trying to scale <laughs> and they're like nope we got to brew our own beer and you're like well I mean you do All right, I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose yeah exactly so um <laughs> you know there's just a ceiling of where I can go there um so unfortunately I'll have to stop contracting but I told them they get free beer for life so they can come <laughs> visit um but yeah I'll it'll be a brewery and uh so like production facility and a tap room for sure yeah do you ever want to brew the beer yourself at some point? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to brew it at home, but I feel like there are people who know how to do a way better job. I know what I know, and I know what I don't know. And so working on those big systems, I'm like, there are people that really know this in and out, and they can do it. Like, for me, I want to create the flavors and I want to do that at home and I want to perfect it at home and and then give tell somebody else and be like can you help me with do you this think part do you think you're always going to do the test batches at home and then I like, think so yeah I mean that's cool I love yeah. that I love, I love that. that yeah yeah I think so and even if it's not like brewing beer it's also just playing around with the flavors and mm -hmm. like tinkering with you know, buying a couple beers at the bodega and like putting it in there, you know, doing all kinds of stuff like that. Oh. I, I like that. That's fun for me. Yeah. So that's, I feel like my strong suit is that. So somebody else who's been in the industry and like you lovely people who have all this experience <laughs> um, and knowledge that I don't have, um, I will leave it up to the, to the pro professionals to do that part. It's always important to trust your employees. I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your, I'm just curious, like how your recipe creation or like ideas come about? Like, you know, you're obviously working in your own kitchen. Like, are you just sometimes you're like, sometimes you're cooking and you're like using an ingredient and you're like, oh, this could actually be like really cool in a beer. Or I don't know, I guess if you could talk about how some of your concepts were developed. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of exactly how it happens. I mean, I used black limes to make stews and they are like this beautiful they're basically limes that are blanched and set out in the sun to dry and they're incredibly aromatic and they smell <laughs> when they were delivered to flagship the head brewer there calls me he's like so it kind of smells like manure and i was like that's it that's it that's right you know because it's like <laughs> yes yes the like, black limes are here yes i was like okay they've made it here um but it, i'm like that's it because they're incredible like it's a very strong scent and aroma and 
you only put maybe two in an entire pot of stew and it's like it basically will do its job so when I was making when I made food with that I would sometimes make a tea with it too and then that came the idea to make the beer with it and a wit beer just made sense because I always like a wit beer with some sort of citrus in there Mm -hmm. um and so I started toying around with like uh different like wheat beers and and the limes and if I should hot so that I would like hot steep it at home cold steep it at home I'd crush them like I just would try every which way to extract the flavor from Mm. the limes and um then I added it to the beer and it was delicious it is actually one of my favorite recipes is that wit beer with the dried black limes it turned out really beautifully actually but that's mostly what it is is just taking what I'm making in the kitchen going to the Middle Eastern markets that are in um, in Brooklyn, um, even having my grandparents or my aunt, she'll mail me spices all the time <laughs> um, and be like, you should use this. They have a lot of opinions. Um, so It's family. Yes. It like yeah. a very vocal family. Yes, yeah. very vocal. Like I feel like foreign families are just kind of like that too. Um, yeah. They just feel like we're all in this together and this is their baby too. They're like, your brewery, it's our brewery. I know, <laughs> I know. I feel like my grandma said that before. She's been like, I did it. <laughs> I, like I, the reason why she's like I, I made that comment to you, and that sparked this whole thing. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're kind of right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're a big part of it. But it's basically just finding ingredients and and different ways to use those ingredients, and which beers it'll work best in, and doing that at home, and then and then building the recipe that way. And mostly, I brew beers that I think are going to go well with food too. So nothing like too crazy over the top or heavy. Mm-hmm. I like light beers because like I said, we love to eat and everything revolves around food. So I want beers that are going to go well with food. And so mostly I, I sell to restaurants. Um, and then because I always have inventory issues, um, whatever I have left over, I can sell to beer shops and bars, but that doesn't always happen. So when I get like really angry DMs, like I've been to four different places and you're sold out. I'm like, I... I just don't have the inventory right now, but believe me, I'm working on it. So that's usually how it goes. That's a good problem to have. It's good, but it can be stressful because I'm like rationing the beer to like which accounts are most important Mm -hmm. and then telling ones that I'm like, okay, I'm friends with them now and they'll understand if I miss a week. You know, it's not, it's not easy. So that's what I'm hoping a brewery will alleviate that problem where I'm like, oh my God, the opportunity to just brew beer as much as I want. I mean, it just makes me really happy to think about. And hire distro yeah. drivers so yeah. you don't have to drive it around in your little oh, yeah, wait. So do you, you self-distro everything? Yeah, I self-distro. I mean, to be honest, I will probably continue doing that in New York City. Um, but then outside of New York City, get some help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. Do you store all of your beer like at flagship? Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I store it at flagship and then pick it up from there and then distribute it um, typically every Thursday. Yeah. It's, it's logistically a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Contracting is logistically a Wait, nightmare. Do you still uh, pack up your sedan? I do. But now I have upgraded to like 
a U-Haul or a Zipcar once a week. Ooh, <laughs> fancy. Yes, I should. Pro- at this point, I think I need to just buy my own van, which I could. Um, so yeah, I, I need to. Yeah. I need to get. When to I met point. you, you were like, "My car is my delivery." Oh my god! Vehicle, Prius, right? and the hydraulics. Yes. Are like, oh my god! It was like <laughs> it's so low to a the low ground. Ride. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely a low riding Prius. I could not go over speed bumps without just feeling every bit of oh, it. Oh no! Um, and then ultimately, I actually ended up totaling that car, which was terrible. And then buying another Prius (laughs) and this one I have a rule now I'm like 20 case maximum so I don't ruin this car um so what I do is like okay I'm picking up my son from school and I have two accounts there so I'll be like all right I'll get him and then I'll bring eight cases for those two accounts and I'm like okay and then Thursday he's got jujitsu and bedsty and I have like three accounts over there so then I'll do those three accounts while he's in jujitsu like that's kind of how I do it so I don't fill the car too much and oh so I split it up that way God, yeah he is a logistical nightmare. it is it is and then people are like you should have somebody help you and I'm like I don't know how to explain what I'm doing right now. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this could be way harder for me to tell somebody else. I should just do it myself because it's all in my brain. But yeah. It's easier that way sometimes. It is. It, it is, is. But now you're scaling up. Yeah. Gonna, I know. Yeah. Now, now I have to you really have to trust that. your employees. Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, I had a question like the bridging the generations thing of like what it's like to show your son mm-hmm. this like the the reality of Iran that he's like never been able to see or right. like what that makes you feel but I feel like we kind of talked about that with like already talking about your family so yeah I mean definitely being a mom and starting a business is not easy also starting a business at like practically 40 is not easy it feels like you're doing things really late and like that you're behind but um you're not <laughs> that's what I want to tell people is like you're not behind 40 you could is actually really young yeah I was say, I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> no but I mean to be starting your career yeah. kind of yeah. I mean I wish I did this a long time ago but I didn't really have the confidence to do it and I feel like sometimes that comes with age I guess where you're kind of like fuck it like you know Mm -hmm. uh, like it's now or never basically kind of thing so I would say that for people who do want to start a business to just do it and stop sitting on it I did that for a long time and I'm like damn I wish I did this a lot earlier um and 40s not too old and being a mom doesn't mean you can't also have a business you can there's always going to be like something in the way, but for me, I let that stop me for a very long time and I wish that it hadn't. And I think that also when you want to start a business or you want to start something new, I always tell people, I'm like, it's really easy to just think about like all the shit you have to do and get overwhelmed and be like, I can't do any of this and like shut down. And so I'm like, just think of like the first thing you need to do, <laughs> like just the little thing and then go on to the next thing like stop thinking about everything all at once because that will also discourage you so it's more just trying to get more people to do what I'm doing and because I think it'd be nice to have people who look like me and have the same mentality and vision for the industry to start doing this too 
So it's like in a selfish way too, being like, come make some beer too and start your own business and do all these things. Um, or come work yeah. as a brewer. I'd love to hire all women at the brewery, you know? So that's yeah. what I picture. Like that's what I picture in my head. Like the, like the next brewery mm-hmm. that I see myself in. Mm-hmm. I don't see me working with just men yeah. or just white men in yeah. my head for some reason. I, I see myself working in a room with women who look like us. Like, yeah, it's just either like not like non-binary women, women of yes. color, like just I that's how my brain is just kind of dialed in right now. That's how that's how I picture it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the type of movement that I've been seeing in the industry for mm-hmm. like not even the past few years, but I want to say like the past two years it's more, it's more intentional. It's more, it's just more, there's more intention with how the diverse population of the industry is now being seen. Yeah. Yeah. Not in every platform, but in the platforms that I follow on social media, (laughs) I, I feel like I'm very intentional with who I follow now on Instagram. Like I've deleted a lot of people and a lot of breweries that I'm just like, no, you're not like you, mm. right? Like it's mm. just, I don't like you anymore. Follow, <laughs> Yeah. You don't, mm. you don't align with, with what I want to see in the industry. So I'm going to j- just go ahead and follow the breweries that are totally kicking butt and definitely working with the intention of trying to be more forward thinking and more inclusive. Yeah. So that's how I see myself with like with the next step, right? Like next chapter in my life. That's the kind of vision that I'm giving myself. Because mm-hmm. it, it has to be, like, I want it to be that. That's what I want. Right. Yeah. I mean, how cool would it be if, like, this was a team at one brewery, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that. It would be pretty tight. It would be pretty yeah. sick. It'd it would be. Sick. be. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. get to just hang out with our people yeah. every day. And, and the bathroom is always fully stocked with tampons. <laughs> and the seat's always down. And there's always my doll available. And the seat's always down. <laughs> yeah. And the seat's always down. And it's clean. Yeah. And it's clean. And it's clean. And it's a good toilet paper. And we all wash our hands. <laughs> Yeah, we all wash our hands. <laughs> and and there's always a mini, there's always a mini garbage bin, oh, yeah. and then also the big garbage bin. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, you can only pick one. What are you most proudest of thus far? Oh wow! Because there's a lot, but you have to pick one. I think I'm really proud of the when I saw the publication and I saw people fighting my fight, like that was amazing. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. I was like, in my head, I'm like so many things had to have happened to make this happen this way. And so I was really proud. I'm like, people are understanding what I'm trying to say. People appreciate it. And then they're like going to bat for me too. And being like, actually you're wrong. And not just like Iranian people, like American people and, Women, I mean, everybody. So I think that was a very proud moment for me. Like, damn, I've changed people's minds. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You changed my mind. Thank you. (laughs) I learned a lot since meeting you. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Mm -hmm. Makes it all worth it. Same. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to ask another question, and we can totally cut this one, but I'm just really curious. So it's, um, so you are doing a lot of the work right on your own like very solo yes you have the contract uh, brewer, you have flagship mm-hmm. that you, who you're working with but you're you are a business owner mm-hmm. which means you are a boss 
which means sooner sooner rather than later you're going to have employees yeah 5 10 15 20 25 and it's just right mm-hmm. mind you we all we're all employees now well yeah. i i was an employee at some point like we all <laughs> right <laughs> y'all we, are employees not me <laughs> but like we we come from that we come from that world of working for breweries mm-hmm. and and be and starting from starting from the ground and, and working our way right so you are you are now in that and you're going to be in a world where you have to make the tough decisions where it's like, Hey, listen, I really, I, I like you. We've been together for like since the beginning. Yeah. But I'm going to need you to get your shit together. If you want right. to keep working here, like yes. how, how do you, how are you like, are you mentally preparing for it? Like, what are you hoping for? Like, how do you see yourself in that position where you have to put your foot down and it's, I know we're cool and stuff and I know we make great jokes and everything, but you know, I'm going to have to write you up. Right. Right. How, how do you feel about that? Walking into like going to that next chapter? I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it until now. (laughs) Kind of put it out there. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know because also I've never worked in a brewery, Mm. so I don't really know. I mean, Mm. I know what environment is toxic and what's not like basic things, but I don't know also the flow of things and how people like things and, that's going to be hard too is kind of setting the environment but i think that hiring like-minded people and then having feedback and open communication with those people to try to build um kind of a an amazing culture that way and relying on other people too but yeah i'm gonna have to also lay down the law a little bit i mean i'm a parent of a 10 year old who can be a big time jerk so there we um, go you'll be just fine there yes we go. yeah you'll so be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like i i think i can I, yeah. I i'm sure i can figure it out for sure yeah i also i feel like you know you're talking about like oh you know i'm opened up a bi- i'm opening up a business and i feel like it's too late and but i also feel like the time that you've given yourself I feel like you have the wisdom to, because I look at you, I think about community, to be honest. I'm looking at you and I'm like, you embody community. So I feel like if you keep that mindset throughout opening your business and hiring people, there's really, if you stay true to what it is, what the brand is and what you want to do and how you want to treat people. And I feel like you never treated me badly and I don't think you've ever treated anybody that I know. I don't know anyone that dislikes you, you know, which is good and rare in the industry. (laughs) Um, But I, yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't ask for that breeze. Well, She'll be fine. Yeah. She'll be good. Thank you. She'll be good. So I think she she's going to be great. I wasn't asking like no. you're going to have problems with it, but it's no, like. No, no, But I, I, I feel like, yeah. You'll yeah, be good. I'm trying. Let's, good. but that is kind you'll of like my whole thing is the community, the community side of things. Right. Yeah. And like, and all being part of the business and like all having a piece of the business and all wanting it to do well and like sharing those things with the people who are building it with me right so like it's not just gonna be me yeah creating the environment that you want to work in yourself yes is is something that you get to do here yeah and having to step in a role where it's like you're gonna have to make tough decisions and have and have those conversations with your employees which happens, right? Mm-hmm. But to be able to just know that having having difficult conversations doesn't mean that it's going to tarnish the culture of your company, right? And I, I, I'm so ex- I'm really curious and just 
wanting to see like how you've thought about that or if you've thought about that or if you're just not there yet because like you said earlier like if you want to start a business like go ahead and do it you know you'll figure it out don't be mm -hmm. afraid of at least trying and going step by step and if you haven't really thought about that yet completely under like I completely understand that yeah but sometimes like I think about the like the new the, these new breweries that are popping up like if there's like a new format of of how breweries are operating like if that's going to happen right right it doesn't have to be how things are being done now what, what we, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah yeah what's yeah, the yeah. next what's <clears throat> the next generation of brewery operation yeah brewery ownership like what's that going to look like for sure because I mean, of the past several years of that change wanting to happen already definitely and for me like maybe it's somewhat of a good thing that I don't have anything to go by right so mm -hmm. I'm not really basing this brewery on any environment that I've been a part of so I'm just kind of going into it and saying where would I want to work where are people going to be happy coming every day and that's basically what I'm going by and I've had high stress jobs I mean I worked at Fox News which is like the devil like <laughs> I mean they're <laughs> all, like and I was there like when Obama was elected, it was like Bill O'Reilly and like all those people. And it was just like the most toxic work environment ever and high pressure. And so. Wait, can you say that? What's oh, that? Can you say that on record? Sure. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. I've never really talked about <laughs> that. Right, you know, I don't know what they make you sign over there. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know well, it's Fox News. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, no, those, those days right, are over. Great. I can talk about it. Actually, okay. I never have. So this could be the one thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I worked with like high-profile people on Fox News that were a bunch of assholes, and it didn't matter what they said to you, but because they were assholes, you just didn't want to hear it, and it was a toxic place, and so I know where I'd want to work and where I wouldn't want to work and the environment that I would want to. I don't know exactly brewery-wise, but I just know, like, in general, the kind of space that I'd want to be in, and that's what I want to create. Ooh, I think that's our Cheesemas segment of this podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that one. Ooh, that's some good Cheesemas. Uh, well, I think, is it time for us to close? Wait, yeah. should we ask her uh, hop shoes? Oh. Ooh, that was in the little survey. Oh. Well, yeah, for closing, just a little <laughs> question. Sydney's so excited. Yes. She has the biggest um, smile on her face right now. I mean, I... I I said a very basic hop. It is not is, basic. It's totally basic. But I also think that I said mosaic hop because I think it's versatile and it can be used in any style of beer and it just kind of goes with the flow. And it and that's how I see myself is like not really rocking the boat too much and that I can kind of adapt to any situation and any kind of group of people. So... That's how I see myself. It also took the industry by storm. Man, oh. man, is it everywhere. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the beer I'm drinking right now. Oh, <laughs> perfect. It's in a lot of my beers, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I would say. I love that answer. Thank you. Cool. Well, Sara, thank you so much for joining us today on mm. Do You Even Drink Beer? <laughs> You're amazing. You're the best. We appreciate you. If you ever need anything, let us know. And so excited to see your growth, where you're going to go from here. And I can't wait to walk into your tap room and have a pint fresh off the tap. 
and uh, yeah, dude, you're gonna kill it. Thank you. You're already killing it. I'm so. I'm really excited to get to that point and to feed you guys some Persian street food, which oh, is really ooh, delicious. Yeah. I'm down for that. We're it's in. so good, and it's not in New York. Like it's not. It, you can't find what I want to make. So I'm really. I Tell just, me about it. I know. Yeah. Exactly. You know. You know. So somebody knows about to fight me. I will. About yeah. the tacos. Wait, we you have a good taco place? We won't talk about it. This is okay. a, diff- this is this a is different a, this show. This is a sensitive yeah. topic. This is a different <laughs> show. This is a different episode. Taco. Do you even eat tacos? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. Well, you just you just told spin everybody off. about my second Sorry, spin-off the second podcast. <laughs> where it's basically Andreana and I just arguing just for an entire 45 minutes. <laughs> Respect New York tacos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Anyway, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank, thank you. Sarah. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you.